So let's get into our teaching for today. Come on, it's 1253. All right. Uh, our teaching series uh, is called Heart Transplant. Uh, we started this series last week. The title of the series is Heart Transplant. Who enjoyed themselves last week? You got something out of it? The father wants to do a heart transplant. Okay, now the purpose of him wanting to do this transplant is so that we could receive everything that he has for us. I'm going to say that again. The purpose of this transplant is so that we can receive everything that he has for us. So that we can absorb it. If he tells you that you are the righteousness of him, that should never leave your heart. If he tells you that you are an overcomer, that should never leave your heart. When he tells us that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, that should never leave your heart. That should never leave your mind. That should be the, the, the focus of your life is what he said. It's illegal. When you stop thinking according to what the Father said, heaven closes up. The kingdom can only be accessed through the character and identity that is in Christ. That's why the Bible tells us that our life is hid in Christ. If you never find a life, you never find your destiny. So the purpose of this thing is, is the fact that he reconciled us. But our hearts have to take place in that relationship. We have to have a heart for that relationship. The reconciliation has already happened. Jesus not on the cross. He died. He got up 2,000 years later. And people still don't have a heart for the reconciliation of this relationship. It's already been done. We're talking about past tense. Many have grabbed hold to it. The purpose is to understand that he has given us a predestined purpose. Okay, so you have to have a heart for your destiny. It's already been done. You've already been predestined. He gave you a destiny before you were born. You just got to get a heart for it. And stop becoming what everybody else think you should be. Stop becoming how you feel. That's a good one, ain't it? <laughs> Walk by faith and not by sight. So what that means is when you find out what the Father said, anything that's contrary to it in your sight, in your minds, in your thoughts is a lie. It's a lie. But you have to recognize that. You can agree with Satan and become everything that he said you are. The purpose is for the provision. You have to have a heart to trust and see what the Father has for you. He said, trust in the Lord with all, all your heart, not some of it. Not part of it. Don't give me part of it. Don't give me the, 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 the parts you can't figure out. <laughs> Don't give me the parts where you think you can't handle it. 
So now you're going to put it in my hands. I need all of it. And then the proof that I'm trusting him with all my heart is, watch this, I don't lean on my own understanding. So you know when you stop trusting because you start leaning. You go to plan B. If this don't work, hmm. If this don't work, this is what we going to really once you get the plan from him, ain't no plan B. <laughs> so you got to have a heart to trust him. Why? Because he gave you a destiny, because of the relationship, because what, he's giving you a vision to where he wants to take you. But now you got to trust him to get there. <laughs> he will show you this is where you're going to be. This is what I have for you. He will show you and then sit back and say, now trust me. He will show you and then put you in a situation to see, well, let me see if you can trust me. And that thing won't happen because you don't trust him and you know what you do? We'll blame it on everything else. But the fact that I'm not trusting him. So the title of this series is Heart Transplant. We need a new heart. We need to get rid of the one that agrees with our flesh that agrees with society, that agrees with what we want. And we need to get a heart that says, Father, let your will be done. Even if I don't want to do it. <laughs> Even if it's going to hurt, it's going to cost me some money, some time. This is a good one. It's going to make me look bad in front of people. Nevertheless, let your will be done. The title of today's teaching is The Hardened Heart. Last week, we talked about the transplant, showing you that he wants to do the transplant. This week, we're going to talk about the hardened heart. And you need, to understand, you need to understand your own heart. Now, what is the hardened heart? Or let me explain like this. To harden something means to take something that had life and make it lifeless. To harden something is to take something that was flesh, porous, that could absorb and make it hard so that it can't. The Bible says this is the example of harden. It don't matter how much water you pour on this rock, it will never absorb it. It don't, it don't matter. You can put this at the bottom of the ocean and it would never absorb. Another example is in Hawaii, they have a lot of volcanoes. And you ever heard of petrified trees? These petrified trees are trees that have been doused with lava. And the, the minerals from the lava get inside the pores of the tree and a thing that once had life no longer has life, but it doesn't die. It remains there. Now, how does this relate to our heart? 
Because in the same manner, our hearts can be hardened. By letting the elements of life. Yes, you came here with a hardened heart. I'm just trying to soften it up. <laughs> so I have to keep telling you, God loves you. Your father loves you. I have to keep telling you, he's your father. He's not just God. To soften your heart. We're doing surgery right now. <laughs> and the purpose for the surgery is so that your heart can absorb. Because until your heart can absorb his love, you can't love yourself. Until your heart can absorb his love, you have no peace. You have no patience. You have no joy. It'll kill your kindness. So this is our heart. You hear it? This is what he wanted it to be. Watch, I want you to hear it. Y'all listening? <laughs> you. <laughs> you can't hear it. Why? Because it's not hardened. But you can take this thing and you can dip it in paint and you can let it dry and this thing will no longer be porous. You can leave this thing in the elements and it will get extremely hard to the point it will be just like this. That's why you got to keep your heart in the Father. This is why you got to pray. If you don't pray, your heart will become like this. If you don't fast, your heart will become like this. If you don't practice righteousness, your heart will become like this. The reason why is because your heart can only be changed in a spiritual climate. The world is never going to soften your heart for the Father. You have to come into a culture of people who agree with the Father, sit there and learn the ways. Amen? And allow your heart to absorb everything that he has said about you. Because the thing that the scriptures constantly tell us is that there will come a test in time. It could be an argument. It could be what somebody said. It could just be with somebody, watch this, this is my favorite one, what you think somebody think about you. What does it matter what anybody think about you when you know what he said? So when you worry about that, and this is, look, this is a self-check. When you worry about those things, that's when it's time to do what? Check my heart. Why is my heart so engulfed into what everybody else think about me? Why? Why I can't get my mind off what people say about me? Why am I walking in my destiny and walking in my purpose, knowing what the Father said, but I'm worried about what man's saying? I'm worried about a man going to like it. I'm worried about a man going to agree with it. Everybody who made the scriptures in the right way didn't care about what man was saying. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Verse 10 said, But I, the Lord, search all hearts. So who searches the hearts? 
Watch this. Don't search nobody else's heart but yours. Let the Father do the searching. Let the, heart, the Father reveal other people's hearts. You focus on yours. You say, mine's enough. Am I not lying? Is, is yours not enough? <laughs> is, your, is your little life not enough to deal with that you got to... <laughs> is it not enough? He told us, see, the diagnosis. Now, watch this. Heart transplants don't just happen. You have to recognize there's an illness. Something's wrong with me. I'm not doing what I used to could do. I'm not moving how. And then you have to go to the doctor. You get the prognosis. You get the diagnosis. And then they tell you this is the problem. You got a bad heart. But now you got to desire a new one. Do you know when they do heart transplants, they don't put healthy hearts in unhealthy bodies? So in order for the heart transplant to happen, you got to want to change. You got to want to live a life. They will monitor your life. They will tell you, look, if you don't change your eating, we can't give you this. You got to want to live a life that is fulfilled for them to give you that heart because they're not going to give it to you because you need it. The father doesn't give you anything because you need it. He gives it to you because he wants you to have it or because you desire it. And even if he wants you to have it, if you don't desire it, he'll sit back and he'll wait until you want change. Who wants a heart transplant? Every day. This has to happen every day. Because the scripture says the heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. So they didn't gave us, they didn't told us, you got a bad heart. <laughs> you got a bad heart. The transplant is needed. He told us the heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Then he follows up with who really knows it? Let you know you don't know your heart. That's why the invitation, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord with all with all your heart. Now that word love is a word agapoa, which is not telling you to love him. It's telling you to put your heart in his hands so he can love you. He's telling you to give me your life, give me your heart so you can absorb my love. Because after that, he said, it said, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Then it says the next one is do what? Love your neighbors as yourself. So the first process is supposed to bring us to the second process. Us loving him with all of our mind, us loving him with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our understanding, brings us to a place where we love ourselves. And when we love ourselves, then we could give it away. Our issue sometimes can be that we're trying to love people and we don't love ourselves. We are deficient. We are trying to go into an, a, an, a love account and, and withdraw something that was never deposited. I love you. <laughs> this is us, heart in the heart. I love you. 
I love you. <laughs> it's some love going in that bucket. You know that, right? It's some love going in that bucket. But it ain't enough to talk about. Look, this ain't enough. Watch this. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Y'all ready? This shouldn't be. Look, that ain't enough love to get a date. No, you need a transplant. You don't need a hundred times. You look, we're not gonna go to we're not gonna use this heart to fill this up. Don't let don't let nobody with no heart and heart try to fill you with love. It's gonna take generations. Okay? It's gonna take years. All you gotta do is when you meet them, meet people, check their heart. Check their heart. This is the heart he wants us to have. You gotta leave it in there. See, it's absorbing. You hear that? You hear them bubbles, it's, it's absorbing. This is the heart you want. You gotta leave it in there. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put the heart and heart on top of it. We're gonna let it absorb for a while. I'm gonna need a get. I'm gonna need some help up here. Who do I wanna use? Come on, come on, Pastor. Come on. All right. So my hands don't look ashy. The scripture says that the human heart is most deceitful, okay, and desperately wicked. Who knows it? Now, let's go to Ezekiel 11 and 19. This is the transplant. It says, and I will give them what? One heart. So that means all of his children, Serena, get the same heart. So what, you know what that means? Marlette, the love looks the same amongst all of us. Patience looks the same amongst all of us. Am I right? Peace looks the same amongst all of us. That's why the Bible says, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Let this mind that was. It didn't say let the mind that is in Christ Jesus, let the mind that was. So what that means is we can go back to the Gospels and we can look at what he had to endure. And we can look at his mind, how he handled it. I continually tell you, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribe, Herod, which represents the government, all of them opposed him on his destiny. When he got to earth, the Pharisees was the church. And he come here with a new message. Talking about the kingdom of God is at hand. And what happens? Their hearts got cold towards him. The Bible said that he couldn't do no miracles in his own home. So he says, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. And I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart I remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Now, what is the purpose for the heart of flesh? So I can absorb. Say it with me. Say, so I can absorb. I'm going to beat this into y'all. By the time y'all get, get done with this, y'all going to be able to teach this message. Okay, because this is what is going on in your day-to-day -day life, in your relationships, with your business, everything that is going on in your life, it is dealing with your heart. 
And this is Abba's idea of restoring you. This is his idea of restoration. Now, what is the purpose of restoration? Because he has something for you. The restoration is coming. The re is coming. Re means to give back. It's coming back. It's coming because he predestined you. <laughs> Just look at the prefixes. He predestined you, so he has to restore you. He's giving you vision because he has provision for you. Everything he's doing is for your benefit, and the only thing he's asking us, Miss Mary, is just change your heart. Jesus came and said, repent. Repent, which means change your mind, change your life, and fall in line with the kingdom now. You no longer have to listen to the Pharisees. I would have been happy. <laughs> That's why I tell y'all even now, you have the right to rebel against religion. You know how many people sitting in churches bound because they don't know? Because they don't know. Not only because they don't know, because they don't study. That's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So even amongst us, you can tell if I'm preaching some foolery. You can tell if I'm teaching foolery. If you study it, you, I give you permission, take everything I'm teaching, you go back and look. That's why I show so many scriptures. So you can't say I said it. I'm showing you in the scriptures. That's why I give you the Greek meaning and I give you the Hebrew. In the, word, in the, in the Hebrew, the word hard means to strength, to strengthen. So when a heart is hard, it's only strengthening your original disposition. That's what Satan comes. He comes to do what? To harden your heart. His heart was hardened the moment he got kicked out of heaven. And his heart is eternally hardened. And he can't change. So Marlette, the goal is this. Make sure Marlette never gets comfortable in his relationship with her heavenly father. That's it, Manushka. Make sure I disrupt Manushka's prayer her fasting, whatever goes in her mind that is positive, I'm going to counter it with negative. She'll never be comfortable. This is Satan's agenda. The father tell you he's going to do it. Satan, no, he ain't. Watch it. He ain't going to do it. He's going to come through for you. His job is to keep you not trusting. Because he said, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, and if in all your ways you acknowledge him, he said, he's going to direct your destiny. That's the goal of Satan, to steal, kill, and destroy. What? Your predestined purpose. He ain't trying to kill your, he's he not trying to take your life. Trust him, trust this. He know right now, if he kill a son of God, they're going to be with the father. He don't want that. <laughs> he wants you to, he wants you to believe his lie so long that you stop trusting in the father and you give up on a relationship. So every attack on your mind is to get you to surrender. This is why the scripture says you are overcomer. That's why the scripture says you are triumphant in Christ. You are more. You had to do it say conqueror, right? <laughs> more than a conqueror. Why? Because he knew the assault that would be on your mind to get you to not walk in this lifestyle. The Bible says that the, this path is narrow. This path is narrow. It's a, why is it narrow? Because it's a, it's, 
One path is narrow, one is broad. Which means there's a group of people going down a path that agree with what everybody say. <laughs> it's a path where people just do what everybody do. It's a path where everybody politically correct. He said, don't go down that path. I want you to take the path that is narrow. When you take the narrow path, that dream. It may seem strange because a lot of people ain't going with you. You know that's why? Because that path comes with a voice. And only them people on that path hear that voice. Now, I'm not trying to make it esoteric, but it is. Which means it's an initiated thing that other people can't hear. But it is. Everybody can't hear in the spirit. The Bible says that the natural man does not understand, understand the things of the spirit. But watch this. In your destiny is the only way you get. In, in the spirit is the only way you can retrieve your destiny. So that narrow path is a spiritual walk. Amen. So that's why we have to do work with soul algorithm. Because whatever goes into your mind comes into your soul and it comes out your heart. Just the same way, how many of y'all know that your tongue is connected to your rectum? I know you, that, ain't, that ain't popular to hear. But your tongue is literally connected to your rectum. Whatever you put in your mouth, it comes out. There's a connection. Just like your mind is connected to your heart. Whatever you put in your mind, it comes out your heart. That's why Jesus had to tell him. He said, don't worry. Look, he said, it's not the things that you put in. It's what comes out that defiles. When you put anything in your stomach, it sits in your, it, when you put anything in your mouth, it sits in your stomach. The acids from your stomach break down the food and it distributes the nutrients throughout your body. The rest, it calls waste. It comes out. When you put the word in you, in your soul, it goes throughout your spirit and it comes into agreement with it. When you put that other stuff, <laughs> so you put the word in your mind, it goes into your soul, it works in your soul. Watch this. The mind. Give me the slide for the mind. Your mind is your thoughts. Say my thoughts. It's my imagination. Now watch this. He said, conform to the image of my son. If you're going to conform to the image of something, then your mind has to be focused on that thing. Image, imagination. Conform to the image. Well, I need a picture. Follow me as I follow Christ. Conform to the image of my son. I need to know what a son looks like. I need to have an image in my mind of what a son of God looks like. If I don't, I can't conform. It is your ideas. It is your mind set. Where are you setting your mind? Which means where is your mind being directed? What is your thought life? How do you judge things? It is perception. It is feelings. Watch this. Don't get distracted. It is feelings. But these feelings come according to understanding. We all have feelings, right? 
do you know that your feelings come according to your understanding? So it don't matter what someone does in your, in your presence, it'll always go back to how you think on how you interpret it. You want to be able to absorb love. So when somebody tell you that they love you, you don't get an image of people who didn't. <laughs> so when somebody tell you that they love you, you don't get an image of your family's idea of love. So what do I need to do? I need to get an understanding and, a, and, and set my mind on heavenly things because that's what the scriptures say, right? I need to set my mind on heavenly things because I need to stop knowing how they, I don't need to know how they do stuff in earth. I need to know how do they do things in heaven so that I can bring heaven to earth. Stop keeping up with TMZ. Stop keeping up with going on with the Who cares? Like I told you, if you got cancer, God forbid, if you got cancer right now, you would not care what is going on in R. Kelly trial. What would you be doing? You would be trying to seek the Father now. You see? Now you'd be trying to seek the Father, and you would do away with the people who don't love you, and you would only focus on your loved ones. Am I right? Because you think you're about to depart. <laughs> this is my rule of thumb. Q, I ain't put nothing in me that when I stand before him, it was irrelevant. I'm going to say it again. I don't spend my time with nothing that once I stand before him, it's going to be irrelevant. It don't make sense. I'm not putting anything in me that's not going to help me in my predestined purpose. What are you doing with your time? Are you focusing on your predestined purpose or is your mind on everything else? That's why I told people, look, leave the news alone. For one, they lying. For two, it's only pertaining to America. Come on. <laughs> it's the entire world and we get American news and we think that America is the uh, epitome of all information that goes on. No. You're wasting your time. Donald Trump out of office, now Joe Biden in America ain't changed. Has it gotten better? No. <laughs> so why would we focus on them? It's the same. Did, did a young black man did not get his brains blow out by a police officer? It happened at Obama's. It happened when Trump was in office, when Bush was in office, when Biden was in office, it's going to happen to the next president. It's not going to stop happening unless you get the standard of the Father. Do you know that we, say we, say us, do you know that we can pray so much and we can fast so much that we can make sure that there is no crime in Stockbridge? You don't believe it, do you? See, you don't believe it. We can pray and fast and follow the protocols of heaven to the point where 
when, if it don't happen in heaven, it can't happen here. You can do that for your household. Can I go further? You can do that for your body. Can I go further? You can do that for your mind. Actually, if you don't do it for your mind and you don't do it for your body, we can't do it for Stockbridge. Let my kings raise their hand. All my queens raise their hand. All my royal people raise their hand. It starts with you dominating your mind. Until we dominate our mind, it just becomes something we say. I'll call you back because I'll let you sit down. I don't want your knees buckling. I'll call you back when I need you, brother. The mind is the entrance into the soul. It is the act of being wise. It is our attitude. This is a big one. Our attitude. Our attitude. Say, my attitude. Your attitude is the power of considering and judging soberly, calmly, and impartially. This is your mind. Then we have the soul. The soul is the headquarters of your life. It is the central station of the inner man. It is where all the activity, your soul is your life. It is your mind, your will, your understanding, your knowledge, your reflections, your memory, your inclinations, your resolve, your determination. It is the seat of your feelings, your desires, your affections, your aversions. It is your appetite. It's your emotions. It's your passions, your courage, your sensibilities. It is the position, it is the location, it is the starting point. When I was doing the research on the soul, it had two words that kind of threw me, and I had, to, I had to pray about it. One of them it had on there was, it, it said cities. It said cities. And in every city, someone sits as the ruler of that city. In Stockbridge, we have a mayor. So your soul is the seat of your life. The question is, is who's sitting on it? Who's sitting on it? You want Christ to sit here. The other word was marry or marriage. So, which means this. Once a woman is married, the reason why I'm using women, okay, is because the church represents the wife, okay? Represents Christ. Represents the bride of Christ. Amen? Now, once the church has become the bride of Christ, only Christ can sit on that seat. Just like once Dr. Hardy became my wife, prior to her being my wife, she was a Fleming. Now that she's no longer, when she was a Fleming, her father and her family had the right to that seat. The moment her name switched over and she became a Hardy. They no longer had rights to that seat, only me. So the moment you come into Christ as the church, you divorce the world, your family and all that, and they no longer can occupy the seat of your soul. So how you think should be according to Christ, not according to your last name. That's why women, if you marry a man, you better make sure he represents Christ. Because he's going to control the seat of that soul. 
He gonna control the seed of that soul. He has the right. The Bible says that the husband will rule over. Christ rules over us. That's why we call him the Lord. He owns us. We have his nature. We are part of his body. Just like when a man gets married, the wife and him become one body. So the goal of this whole thing is to put things in our mind that will settle our soul in Christ. What are you putting in your soul? I'm not telling you to do the podcast for no reason. I'm telling you to do the podcast so we can take sin, Satan, your family, the world, off of that seat and put Christ there. So we can all come into agreement. So we can be one. The issue in the church is some of us have Christ sitting on the sole of our seat and some don't. Some want the will of God to be done and some don't care. And it's all based on who's sitting on the seat of your soul. Then we have the heart. And the heart is what? The fountain of the soul. By the time I get done with this, y'all going to be able to do this with your eyes closed. Every message, I'm going to teach the same format. This is teaching. Okay? Teaching attacks the mind. It develops it. It's instructions. Instructions develop the mind. Preaching is to attack the heart. Right now, I'm just teaching you. And I'm telling you, you have to be, this has to be your, your thought process. When you get up in the morning, what am I going to put in my mind? Because I want my soul developed. If I, watch this. If I get up and I go straight to Instagram and Facebook. If I spend more time, y'all not going to like it. If I spend more time on Facebook and Instagram than I do in the Word, then that's what's developing my soul. Whatever you spend time putting into your mind is developing your soul. And the heart is the fountain and the seat of the soul. Give me the heart. The heart, the soul or mind as it is the fountain and the seat of the thoughts. So the culmination of your mind and your soul is your heart. So once you find out the issues of your heart, the next thing you do is what? Fix your soul. Amen? Once I find out the condition of my heart, the next thing I do is, is attack my mind and put the things in my mind to change my soul, and that's the only way my heart can change. It is the seed of the thoughts, the passions, the desires, the appetite. The seed of your affections, your purpose, your endeavors of understanding, the faculty and seat of the intelligence, of the will and character of the soul as far as it is affected and stirred in a bad way or good. So the moment somebody disagrees with you, your heart comes out. The moment you give your opinion, your heart is displayed. Am I right? Your feelings display your heart. Your emotions display your heart. 
Your endeavors, the things that you pursue, they reveal your heart. And once you know your heart, now I attack my mind. That's why I, disciplines, spiritual disciplines. Get up in the morning and do those capsules. The more you put those capsules in your mind, they go into your soul. In your soul is your affections and your feelings. So if you say, I feel sick, then the words should come up. If I put the caps, if, I, if I'm not putting it in me and I feel sick, the first thing I do is look for medicine. <laughs> it's what have I been putting in my mind? If I feel offended, the first thing I do is I go to scripture or I handle it myself. My heart is being revealed. Amen? Now, we're going to look at a few biblical depictions of the hardened heart, because I need you to see this in Scripture. All right? Now, our first character we're going to look at is Pharaoh. Now, Pharaoh is a picture of the hardened heart of Satan and the kingdom of darkness towards the children of God. Now, what I, like I told you before, if you look at the Hebrew word for harden, it means to strengthen. So when the Bible says that God hardens uh, Pharaoh's heart, he didn't make his hard heart. He strengthened his original position, which was against the children of Israel, which was for Egypt. Amen? So Exodus 7 and 3. Now, we need to do this because you need to get a picture of how relentless Satan is. Satan's heart would never be softened. There will not be a transplant for Satan. Satan will be coming after you like Pharaoh came after the children of Israel. He's going to come after you until he's wiped out. Until he's wiped out, I need you to pay attention. Until he's wiped out, his number one agenda will be to destroy you. You taking days off, he not. <laughs> you taking time off, he's not. That's why I told you, you got, to take a, you got to take some time in your life off from your worldly activities and just dig into the scriptures, dig into prayer to get yourself to a place where you're settled and unmovable in him. Amen. To get you to a place where you're settled and you're unmovable in him. He wants you to be unmovable. Hold on. Your destiny requires you not to be movable. McKinley, I want you to, my son, I want you to start a ministry. Okay. As soon as you start teaching about the son, ain't nobody else talking about that. Well, since anybody else talking about it, let me talk about what they talking about. <laughs> no. When I put you in your destiny, you're going to be unmovable. I don't care what they're talking about. I don't care what they're doing. It got nothing to do with me. I'm not called to do that. I was talking to a brother the other day, and he, he was asking me about Bishop Oyedepo. I said, I love what Bishop Oyedepo do. I said, but that's not my call to preach the word of faith. No disrespect to nobody, but that's not my call. My call is not to preach the Baptist message. It's not my call. So what he puts me in, I have to be unmovable. And, and I can look back now, Q, and I can see the opposition. 
that I had to go through just to get to this place. It was time. Like, am I doing the right thing? I had it in my, am I, is this right? You sure? If I'm doing, then why ain't nobody else? <laughs> then I keep doing it. And he keeps waking me up in the morning. Constantly feed me, feed me, feed me. I get caught up in transits. He's just constantly downloading the word. This is what I said. This is what I said. This is what I said. Until the place, I get to a place where I don't care what nobody else say. Look, if you ain't with me, you against me. <laughs> and you will get to the place where if people are not for your destiny, you can keep it moving. You can keep it moving. No hard feelings. I got friends right now. This ain't the season. <laughs> I'm locked in my destiny. It ain't the season for me and you to talk on the phone. Yeah, I see your calls. I'm not answering. Because your conversation is not pertaining to what I need in this season. So you need to see this and understand Satan has no keys, but Chris, he's going to keep coming. On your way home, you're going to be attacking. You're probably attacking it right now. He's he probably attacking your mind right now. He's not going to stop. You know what's going to happen? You're going to grow bolder. You're going to grow wiser. You have to be a glory seeker. Because the Bible says that we go from glory to glory. Every time you grow, you gain another level of glory. That's what Satan don't want. He wants you to stay low level. And he wants you to think that you can't do nothing but fail and what people say you can do. Exodus 7 and 3 says, But I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Exodus 10 and 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, so that I may perform these signs of mine amongst them. So he hardened his heart so that he could show forth his signs. He, he intensified, he used him in a position that he was, in a, in a disposition he was, just so he can show the children of Israel that when I put you on a path, stay on that path, and anybody to get in your way, I will destroy them. He hardened his heart. He just strengthened his disposition. But this is what the hardening of the heart looks like. No matter when your heart is hard, it don't matter what heaven has to say, you ain't going to agree. When you're hardened heart, you're going to only agree with how you think. When your heart, when your heart is hardened, it, it's impenetrable. It's impermeable. It cannot be penetrated. It cannot be penetrated. This is Pharaoh's heart against the children of Israel. And it don't matter what God said, he wasn't changing. So, it really don't matter what the children of Israel said. <laughs> Some things is going on in your life right now. The Father is hardening people's heart towards you so you can stop depending on them. Yeah. 
It ain't your boss. He wants to see if I harden his heart, will your heart change towards him? <laughs> Anytime that someone, something is going on in your life, you got to look back at, my, at yourself. How are you testing me? We keep thinking, Father, get me out this situation. No, I'm not getting you out that situation. I need you to be a God in that situation. <laughs> if I remove you from the situation, then how do I get my glory? How do people see my fruit if I take you out? How do people see my kingdom if I remove you from it? They can't. Watch this. But the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the sons of Israel go. Exodus 10 and 20. Exodus 10, 27. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Satan is not going to let you go. Your job is not going to let you go. You're going to have to get on your destiny. Your family, they're not going to let you go. <laughs> they miserable, they want you miserable with them. He hardened his heart, and he refused to change regardless of the consequences, Q. Ten signs. He turned water into blood. Ain't no water in the entire land. It's all blood. And I'm not going to turn it back to water until you let my people go. Okay, we'll let them go, let them go, and then turn the blood back, uh, 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 the blood back into water or the water back into water, and the first thing he did, hardened his heart. Then he sent frogs, then lice, then flies. I hate flies, okay? Then he sent, they sent livestock pestilence, which means it made all of their cheeseburgers have mad cow disease. There was no cheeseburgers in the land. All the goats sick. All the chickens sick. Mess up the whole economy in regards to food. Then he gave them boils. Then he sent hell. Then locusts. Then darkness. Then, th look, the first one, I'm done. What do you want me to do? You probably would have really got me with boils. You know, because y'all think y'all cute. <laughs> but then he turned every, but them locusts oh god y'all still can't stand grasshoppers y'all have a fit a cricket popped up in here imagine he flooded the entire land with it they say you couldn't see the ground it was nothing but locusts and then he sends darkness in no moon, no street lights, no sun. And then the last one, he killed their firstborn. After all of that cue, he let the children of Israel go, but in his heart, Charles, he still had to pursue. He still had to pursue. And this is why I let you know that when you have a hardened heart, it would destroy you and everything attached to you. 
He went after the children of Israel after being warned and killed his whole army. He died in his whole army. So we know where Satan going. <laughs> we know where him and his whole army is going. The problem in here is that the father is trying, father is doing this for the children of Israel. Everything going on right now is for us to see. It's for us. The power. Like Bill Johnson said, power and authority is for earth. Unless when we get to heaven, he let us take a field trip. How many of y'all got that? How many of y'all got that? What, what I'm saying? Say again. He said, you don't need power and authority in heaven. It ain't a good joke. You got to explain it, right? <laughs> we don't need power and authority in heaven. Unless after we die, he's going to let us take a trip to the lake of fire and play with demons. <laughs> Power and authorities for now. Exodus 14, 4. He said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. So it says, then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all of his army. So he hardened his heart just so you can see and you can't just because just so when, when, when the rescue happened, you couldn't say you did it. You couldn't say Moses did it. Just like he will harden somebody, you will go to the bank for a loan and he will harden their heart. And they will not give it to you until you seek him. Then you will seek him and he'll tell you this is what you need to do. You'll go do that. You'll go back to the bank and then he'll release it. All he's letting you know is, I have power. The Bible says that he has the power of a king is in his hand to change his heart, to turn it any way. There's no situation that you walk into that he can't make it right for you. I was telling somebody, I forget who, maybe I was me and AD was, I was telling, you know how they say that, you know, when black people go into banks, they can't get loans. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay, this is not a black and white thing. If it is, then what we're saying is this, that when, when a child of God walks in the bank, the person sitting there has more power than God. It's not a black and white thing. It's a predestined thing. It's not a black and white, it's a predestined thing. Are you predestined to have that? Is that in his will for you to have that? Is it the time for you to have that? And most of the people who say that ain't in Christ. So that's the only viewpoint they have. They're not even looking for a predestined purpose. They just in the bank thinking they can get money and they deserve it because they black. No, that black and white has nothing to do with this thing. This is a faith walk. This is a spiritual walk. If you are a child of God and he tell you to go to that bank and get that money, I don't care if they work. I don't care if they're the president of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> they're going to give you that money. But the problem is, is we don't depend on the spiritual. We depend on the natural. Hebrews. Chapter 3, verse 7. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart 
as in the rebellion of the days of the testing in the wilderness. Where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. For 40 years. Now, we talked about the hardening of the heart with Pharaoh. Okay, but this ain't Pharaoh's heart. This is the children of Israel. This is the people who were crying out to him, help, help, we need you to deliver us. He delivers them. And Let me keep going before I go to that. He says, therefore, I was provoked to anger with that generation and said, they will always go astray in their, in their what? They will always go astray in their what? Hearts. Now, the reason they're going astray in their hearts is because their mind has been plagued by Egypt. Only thing they have in their, in their heart and their soul is Egypt. He shows up to rescue. Verse 11 says, so I swore in my anger they would not enter my rest, which means as long as you have that mindset, you would never be comfortable with me. Until you change your mind and take on the mind of Christ, until you change your heart and allow the transplant, he said, you will never enter into my rest. That's why the Bible says, watch this, labor to enter into his rest. Then what would the labor be? Developing my mind. Labor to enter into his rest. Which means that he has some things for you. But he's not going to just put them in your hands. He's not going to just put it in your hands. He's going to put it before your face, and then he's going to test your heart to see if your heart is ready to receive that. Verse 12, he says, watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be any of you so there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Watch this. Turning away from God has nothing to do with the church. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Me and my wife was watching a television show. I'm about to close in a second. I was watching a television show. And it was a homosexual accusation on there. And the, uh, the, the cop was visiting the parents of a homosexual that had just got murdered. That's TV, okay? But the depiction of TV shows you how the world thinks. And so the parents were in Christ. And they said that they hadn't talked to the child in a while because they were praying that he gave his life back to God. The moment it said that, the detective rolled their eyes like, oh, here we go with this foolishness. When they walked out, the, the detect, lead detective said, that's why I don't go to church no more. I said, look at this foolishness. So you mean to tell me this man wants his child, his, the son, I, I will go on a rampant, with, I, will go, I will go on a tyrant with this conversation right here. You want, if I give birth to a boy, okay, no, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> so you mean to tell me if me and my wife have a child and it's a boy and I don't want him indulging in men's genitals, I'm wrong. 
So if I don't want my son desiring another man's penis in his anus, I'm wrong. Are you serious? I'm wrong. No, y'all stupid. Y'all are stupid. Yes, post it. That is stupid. For you to tell, for you to tell a, a, a man, it's okay to do that. Oh, it's okay. Leave them alone, let them do what they want. No. No. You want me to end my lineage? You want me to end my descendants? You want me to end my bloodline? By telling my, my son, that's okay. Go ahead, son, do it. No, y'all stupid. I don't think so. You got to be mentally ill to be a grown man. That's okay. You got to be mentally ill to be a grown man and desire a penis in your mouth and in your butt. You have to be mentally ill for that to be a desire, for that to be an appetite. And the deception behind it is, is somebody told your mind that was wrong, you agreed with it, it got in your soul. <laughs> and now you're saying, it's, no, something wrong with y'all. It's something wrong with y'all. It's, it's something wrong with the government. It is something wrong with that. And they tell us, just sit back and don't say nothing. No. We're going to say something. They need a heart transplant. If you are in homosexuality, you need a heart transplant. If you are a man that indulges in other men, if you have an appetite for other men, you need a heart transplant. If you are a woman and you indulge in, 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 and have a desire for another woman, you need a heart transplant. Your heart is wicked. It is deceitful. You have the heart of an animal. Dogs don't do that. Dogs don't do that. They know what to do with the right. <laughs> Us humans, that's okay. No, it's not okay. And then they want to get mad when they start, when, when, when the men start wanting little boys. You gave them an appetite. You said it was okay. Now you put an age restriction on it. Y'all stupid. It's a, it's a satanic agenda. <laughs> Y'all are stupid from the president on down. You are, that is stupid if you agree with that. I don't care who, if we friends, family, I don't, you are stupid if you agree with that. If you think it is okay for a man to have sex with another man, to take in another man's seat, you are stupid. You are lost. You are confused. You are sick. You could say that disgusts me, right? That's why I want to talk about it. It is disgusting. And the disgusting part of it is we got leaders of our country that say this is okay. And then y'all got the audacity to put it on every TV show to let us know we say this is okay. And then you dog the church. Because, because it says that women should be submissive. That's a cult. 
Really? Well, why is it a, when you call, you got a man, a, a, a room full of men? That ain't no coat. <laughs> what you call, you got a room full of men obsessed with other men's genitals. If, if we call, okay, I'm sorry, y'all. This is a problem. When they calling me from school about my, my daughter's jogging pants, and then it's a boy standing next to her with a, with a pink wig and a halter tied up on. And they not calling his parents. But they telling my daughter that, her, that her, her, her jogging pants are not cold. So that's cold? Boys with pink wigs and halter tops is cold in your school? Really? I don't think so. I would love to meet with the president. I, I would love to meet with Congress. I, all y'all stupid in here. Because it's, it's, it, is, it, is, it is ignorant. And it shows the heart of America towards God. It shows the heart, watch this. It shows the heart of America towards our youth. You mean to tell me the little boy ain't got a chance to make the right decision because you're going to throw it in his face? That... <laughs> I think not. Let me get back to this. I'm not going to finish this. I already know. I'm not. I'm finna end. I'm, I'm all off. Oh. Yeah, to be continued. Because this... This is the last scripture, and I'm done. I got a lot left, okay? Malachi 4 and 6. Now, the scriptures talk about the, the, the heart transplant, okay? And not only in Ezekiel 11, but in Ezekiel 32, it's the same conversation. I want to restore you. And in order for me to restore you, I'm going to have to give you a new heart. I'm going to have to give you a new spirit. I need to put a new spirit in you, and I need to give you a new heart. So I need to remove the heart that will not absorb, that does not understand, because you got to understand, the Father said, John 3, 16 said, God so loved the world. So he loved people with a hardened heart towards him. It didn't cause for him it didn't call for him, watch this, to, to, he wasn't waiting for us to love him before he loved us back. He wasn't looking at our situation and circumstances and saying to us, you know what? I'm going to leave you the way you are. The Bible says he so loved the world. He so loved people that were against him. They were not for him, Kena. They were 100% against him. He so loved them. Why? Because he wanted them to have his heart. Malachi 4 and 6 says, He would turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So I would not come and strike the land with complete destruction. So the whole premise of this whole conversation, because this is the last scripture in the Old Testament, before the restoration is to take place, this is the last scripture you hear. And the entire scripture is, is, is about turning the heart 
of the children back to the father. But it didn't say, it said turning the heart of the father back to the children. And then returning the hearts of the children back to the father. He said, if we can't do this, I will have to come and strike the land with complete destruction. That's why I tell people, look, lawlessness ain't going on. It's going to get worse. The Bible said that the, that the heart of this generation will wax cold. It will wax cold. It will be callous, which means it would have life one moment, and then the next moment there will be no life there. It will become stubborn. It will say, I want my ways above every other way. You have to turn. This is what we're here for as I close. This is what we're here for, to turn your heart back to the Father. To turn our hearts back to the Father. So once he has our heart, we won't have to worry about following the world. That's why the Bible says that if you are a friend of the world, you are enemy of him. You can't serve God and money. You can't have two gods. He said, if you are a friend of the world, you automatically become my enemy, which means if you agree with them, if in your heart you agree with their ways, it makes you my enemy. Why? Because we on different sides. I don't agree with homosexuality. I don't agree with adultery. I don't agree with fornication. So you have to have a heart that disagrees with the world. So there's a need for a transplant. Let us stand. I want one scripture. Can I do one scripture and we out? Okay. Out of all the ones I want to bring out, I really have to bring this out. Give me 1 John 4.19. Y'all read that for me. All y'all read it in unison. Go ahead. Give him the next one. I had to get that one out. I couldn't let you leave without that. Go back to 19. Let me minister from it for a second, and then we're going to pray. Y'all be praying in tongues. It says, we love because he first loved. That's the cycle of love. You can't love until he loves. Jesus told the disciples, as my father has loved me, I love you. Love one another. That's a cycle of love, Charles. You cannot love yourself until he first loved you. There's no expectation of you loving people until you love yourself. Until you can absorb his love, you can't give it away. So he says, if anyone says, verse 20, I love God. You heard that? Say it. I want to hear y'all say it. Say, I love God. Ah! 
<laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at y'all. Okay, it says, and yet hates his brother or sister. Dislikes his brother or sister. Can't stand his brother or sister. The scripture says you are a liar. It says for the person who does not love his brother and sister whom he can, who he has, it says for the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. <laughs> so that's the rule of thumb. You can't say you love God until you love us. The only proof of love, the only thing that heaven recognizes is love in us, through us, then to them. So when a father's looking at your love, he's saying, okay, do you love yourself? Do you love others? Okay, I know you love me. We thought he was looking at, do you love me? And you ain't really got to love others. <laughs> That's why he says, I got something for you, but he said, I can't give it to you until you become faithful over another person's. He going to make you test your love. He going to make you test your love with people. He called Saul on the road to Damascus, crucifying the church. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you crucifying me? He incorporated himself in that. He told the disciples, he said, to the least you do something to, you do it for me also. They said, remember when you fed me when I was in jail? They said, when was you was in jail? No, when you did it for the people who were in jail, you did it for me. When you show love for other people, it shows your father that you have his heart. If he so loved the word that he gave, then what kind of heart are you trying to, he trying to give us? If he, if he so loved the world, people who were not for him, come on, you don't have, they don't have to be for you. People were totally against him. They were totally in disagreement, so people don't have to agree with you for you to love them. Should he not been offended? He created the thing. <laughs> he created it. Should he not been offended that it, it we talking about what, 42 generations. 42 generations of people disobeying, 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 disobeying. And here he comes saying, I so love them that I'm going to give my only begotten son. It's Easter, right? <laughs> that I'm going to give my only begotten son. I so love them that I'm going to give my only begotten son. They, but but they're not for you, Father. So? That's why people don't have to be for you for you to love them. As a matter of fact, it's the people who are going against you that the Father is putting them, allowing them to go to do that to see where your love is. He's not going to take you out of the situation. They're going to keep insulting you. They're going to keep lying on you. They're going to keep talking about you. The Bible says that, 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 that uh, uh, with this lifestyle comes persecution. Intentional persecution. They're going to talk about you. 
it, it ain't gonna, look, it, it ain't gonna end, but I'm gonna tell you, I hope it don't. Because it's making you stronger. It's not gonna end. You think, okay, when do y'all think the people gonna stop talking about Divine Generation Church? <laughs> As a matter of fact, the more you're known, The more you're known, the more they're going to talk. The more you got to get in the public eye. So if you got big dreams, it better be behind closed doors. <laughs> because the more you're in the public eye, they're going to talk about you. And watch this. Some of it are going to be right. They're going to point out your inadequacies. They're going to point out your failures. They're going to point out what you don't have, what you can't do. Last time you tried that, remember you said they're going to point it out and they're doing it and the father's allowing it for the purpose of to see where your mind is. While they're talking to you, why are you not thinking about me? How is it that they have so much grasp over you that they can speak, but when I say something, nothing happens? I tell you, you're an overcomer. I tell you, light, you saw, you're an ambassador, you're the righteousness of me. You are my son, you are my daughter, you are my descendants, my progeny, my offseed. I gave you authority, I gave you power, and you agree with none of that. <laughs> you agree with none of that. To agree with what people say. I said you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And you worry about some edges. We worry about the wrong things. I'm preaching to you now. I'm attacking your heart. You worry about the wrong things. And the more you do it, you're going to lose because you ain't got nothing but time. Time is the one thing you don't want to waste. You can waste money. You can waste money. Don't waste time. You will sit in a one room, worry about what everybody else think about you. You won't move. That is another definition of harden. When you're paralyzed with fear, who hardened your heart? And we'll talk about that more next week. You can get paralyzed with fear, and that's a hard heart. You scared to move because who, who don't believe in you? Find the ones that do. If it ain't nobody, roll with yourself until you get a fan. When you get a fan, appreciate that. Because <laughs> a lot of times we kick the people down who for us, and then we look for the people who ain't. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Stop playing. The people who for you and helping you and trying to build you, you don't want them around. You go find people and try to make them believe in you. It's a waste of destiny. This is why he tells us to honor all. He says, owe no man nothing but to love them. So that's the standard. That's how 